Welcome, listeners, to a new episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me is my co-host, Coles. Good evening. Good evening, my friend. Before we get into our episode tonight, we only have one film to discuss this evening. And so I'm going to go ahead and take another second to reiterate something that we talked about on last week's FF Plus, just for uh, any listeners who didn't get a chance to hear that by chance. So we are in the middle of trying to make a push, as it were, to get ourselves eligible for Rotten Tomatoes. I have applied a few different times uh, for the podcast, and we've been shot down because we have not met their minimum requirement, which is 200 ratings on Apple Podcasts platform. It's very specific. And it is ratings. It is not reviews. That means that your number, your star rating is all that matters. You give us five stars. You don't have to actually type words. That counts. And unfortunately, we have not been able to get that many. Now, I know the reasons for this are largely because most of our audience may not all be listening to us on an Apple iPhone device or an iPad. Uh, people probably don't have iTunes installed on their computers at home as frequently as they used to back in the day. People listen to podcasts on Spotify and Stitcher and all these other platforms, but Rotten Tomatoes is behind the times, and they don't care about those. So what we are asking is if you or anyone you know, anyone in your family, has an Apple device, an iPhone, an iPad, an Apple account, an iTunes program on your computer, pop on, go to the podcast, give us a five-star rating. You will be helping us out immensely. We asked this last week. The number went up. We're about 30 short right now. I know that with everybody listening to this, if everybody that has an iPhone could just do this, I think we could get there. You can do it on your phone or on your iPad as well within the app, but it's got to be Apple stuff. So if you've got these Apple devices, we're asking you this huge favor. Do one for yourself. Do one from your wife's account. Do one from your kid's account. Do one from your dog's account. We don't care. Whatever gets us there, we would love to be able to represent the brand, the way we talk about movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it would mean a lot to Coles and I. So there's our ask. Thank you guys for listening and considering that. Without further ado, without remorse, <laughs> that is the film for tonight. That's right. The newest film in the Tom Clancy line of book adaptations. This one stars Michael B. Jordan, which you probably knew already, <laughs> but it also stars Jodie Turner-Smith and Jamie Bell. Those are the three actors really of note in the film. Oh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is in this as well, I should say. The film is directed by Stefano Solima, who directed Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado, and it is written by Taylor Sheridan, one of my favorites, and Will Staples. What's it about? When a squad of Russian soldiers kills his family in retaliation for his role in a top-secret operation, Senior Chief John Kelly pursues the assassins at all costs. Joining forces with a fellow SEAL and a shadowy CIA agent, Kelly's mission unwittingly exposes a covert plot that threatens to engulf the U.S. and Russia in an all-out war. Torn between... Torn between personal honor and loyalty to his country... Kelly must fight his enemies without remorse if he hopes to avert disaster and reveal the powerful figures behind the conspiracy. 
All right, Coles. Well, I asked you before we got started tonight what your experience was with the Tom Clancy universe, and you told me you'd only seen one other film. <laughs> other than this one. <laughs> so that makes me really curious how you reacted going into this one. Um, so I'll let you get us started. What did you like about this new Michael B. Jordan action film? Well, for one, Michael B., he's my guy. Um, any movie that I see him in, you know he's going to give it his all. You know he's going to bring a sense of toughness, a sense of drama to it, a sense of commitment, and he does in this film. I feel that if he chose to, he could be like a Wesley Snipes in the 90s. He could be a guy that could be the leader of an action franchise or do a string of action films if he wants to because he really brings it in this film when it comes to the action I like the way that the action is done in this film. There's like a roughneck kind of versatile feel to it. It's not stylistic and it's not trying to be. It's kind of like a grounded like seriousness to it, which feels right for the type of books that Tom Clancy has wrote. And kind of remind me a little bit of just many war thrillers, you know, where you're where you're dropped into this military unit and you're dealing with political corruption and you're dealing with war games and you're dealing with people who are either betraying the country or they're betraying the people that they're supposed to be watching over. And there's the angle of the story that really stuck out to me is that these governments are using these soldiers as pawns. You know, these soldiers, they really think they're signing up and they're fighting for their countries and they're really believing and they want to protect the integrity of it. But the people who are in power that are supposed to be their leaders are just using them as pieces on a chessboard, just using them for other aims, other motives, um, other kinds of just like cheapness and just makes them feel like they're worthless. And I really love that angle of the story because that is a common thing that I do see or hear, you know, from people. It's not indicative of everybody's, you know, experience in the military. I know that you have talked about your military experience before, but I know for many other people, sometimes people feel that, hey, you know, I got into this believing one thing and I come out of it seeing that this game is bigger than I am and is much bigger than my loyalty to a country. So I like that in the story. And I also like Jodie Turner-Smith, who everybody should recognize that they haven't seen it. She was Queen in Queen and Slim from two years ago, which that's it's one it. of my favorite That's films. it. I was trying to place yes. it. I could not place her. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I know she had like the short hair and everything, So, but I, I immediately recognized her. She's good in this. Once we get to the dislikes, I will kind of talk about Guy Pierce and kind of the sparingly like limited time he was in this film, which could have been improved. Um, outside of that, I think the action does good. You know, it, it's nothing that's really enthralling or anything special, but I love the choreography. And I love some of the attention done to the sound, and I love the aspect of political thrillers. I love when people, when there's a crime that has been done and people are trying to figure out who's behind it, and there's this one guy who's a one-man army trying to hunt down people who may have killed his family or may have hurt him. I love those kind of stories because, you know, it speaks to the um, action junkie inside of me. So that's mostly the likes I got from this film. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to come at this from a little bit of a different angle, and that is, I think, one of an experience with Tom Clancy, first of all, being that I am a huge fan. I grew up reading all of his novels, this one included, and I've played and enjoyed many of the video games based on his novels. Uh, and I, I'm like you. Part of the reason is I just love that 
political military intrigue and when you're dealing with some spy stuff in there and some action stuff in there it's just one of my favorite type of stories as well the first thing i wanted to mention as we get into the likes here is really that people need to approach this differently and the reason i asked you about your experience is because if you've seen the previous tom clancy movies and adaptations that have been done in film and tv they all revolve around the character jack ryan and jack ryan is a character who is very very different than senior chief john kelly and that is the key thing here so if you go into this and you say oh tom clancy and your mind triggers it's going to be like a jack ryan movie it's not like a Jack Ryan movie. Jack Ryan was a CIA analyst who became, by accident, a CIA operative. And he's not an action star. He is serviceable and luckily gets things done when he has to, but he's not an ex-Navy SEAL. John Kelly is a powerhouse war you know, service member here. He, he is a special forces beast. And he becomes a CIA operative in a very, very different manner because he's coming from the direct military combat line. So the line that this film is going on is very different than the line that the Jack Ryan films portray. They portray more of the spy game where the CIA is involved in lots of, you know, behind the scenes dealings and double crosses and just all sorts of um high level kind of spy stuff but this is not like that this is about getting on the ground and assaulting your way to an objective <laughs> right that's why you like it it's an act junkie in you so this series is actually this film this book that it's based on is what led to the very famous very beloved series of rainbow six and so i say that just so people understand going into this that the hope is that this is going to create a series. That is not a spoiler. That is what their intention has been all along. And if you have wanted Rainbow Six to be represented in film somehow, you need to see this movie because that's how you're going to eventually get Rainbow Six made is if you support this because that's their goal. Their goal is to take Michael B. Jordan, make him an action star of a franchise. That's where we're headed. All right, so with that out of the way... Being able to know that going in for me, I think was huge, man, because when it started, even at first, it took me a second because I was like, ah, I don't know, this feels like a war film. <laughs> this doesn't feel like Tom Clancy to me. And then I had to really just kind of refresh my mind and say, no, this is what it's supposed to be. The book takes some li or the, the film takes some liberties with the book. It changes things up. But, but the reason is it's modernizing the book. The book takes place in Vietnam and there is some Russian and American double dealings going on here. Uh, it also has some other things that happen. But generally speaking, the plot and the intent of the plot is the same. This is the story of a man who gets done dirty by his country, um, who loses his family in the process, and essentially becomes a version of Denzel Man on Fire, right? Um, it, it is equal parts revenge thriller and straight up military war assault film and i and i really like that about it, that kind of dichotomy that it had going on like you i love michael b jordan he is stacked in this too by the way he's like he is buff I, there's a couple 
scenes with his shirt off, and I'm like, I think he was probably filming this in Creed at the same time. <laughs> his chest, my friend, is his arms are <laughs> just huge. Um, my goodness gracious, he he really got in shape. So I, I really like him, and I think he carries this as well as he can. I also liked Jodie Turner-Smith quite a bit, and I like the chemistry between the two of them, the relationship that they have, especially as it goes on and grows throughout this film. Uh, it gets to a place that I really enjoy. I'm not going to give it away. Jodie Turner-Smith's character is related to a very famous character in the film series that is really fun. You could see that if you just looked in the credits and saw what her name is, but it was a nice nod to the Tom Clancy universe that makes sense. And I really appreciate it as a huge fan of the universe and the series and all of the books that he's written, all of the stories he's told. I thought that the gunfight action was really well done. Uh, specifically, um, like you said, the assault sequences, uh, they were a lot of fun. And ultimately I think where I land and what I like the most about this, if I had to pick one thing, it's honestly, it's the potential, which sounds kind of lame in a sense, but I love where this origin story allows us to go next more than I love this origin story. It's a decent origin story. It's good. It's not great. It has issues, <laughs> but where it leaves us with the direction we can go after this man i am all the way freaking in and i'm telling you people who know me on facebook and follow me and see the things i've been posting people who love tom clancy and love his video games you guys are going to feel the same way i do when it's over so you may not love it the whole time you're watching it but by the end you're going to be like give me the next one let's go make more and i think that's one of the biggest strengths for me all right, so what did you – you mentioned Guy Pierce, so maybe lead with that. What did you not like about this one? Well, so Guy Pierce is – I mean, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but he turns out to be an important um, thread into the story later on. And I felt that given his position in the story, he's sparingly used in this film. I mean, he comes in every so often to give us, like, little updates on – how this mission is going with John Kelly figuring out who's behind the hit on his family. But when it turns out that he's like one of the main people behind the plot, I'm like, I'm wondering like, well, where, where was more of this in the film? Like, where was he built up as? Like, it, he just trying to be just a guy in a suit. Like you have a film where there's a guy in a suit and he just says these things here and there. You get the feeling that he may be sketchy in some or whatnot, but usually those guys are kind of built up a little bit more. You kind of learn a little bit more about them and their aims and their motivations. And with Guy Pierce's character, I didn't really get much of that. In addition to that, I feel like that the pacing of this film is kind of uneven a little bit. I feel like in the beginning, it's moving kind of fast. It really gets into like the sparking event that turns everything into action. It really gets into that in the beginning. And then towards the middle and the end, I feel like there are some scenes, especially some action sequences that go on a little bit too long that really don't, that really are not even out a little bit. And I wish it kind of was either like cut quickly and then move on to the next plot point or really giving more depth. Like I felt like the film was kind of struggling with that. 
outside of Michael B. Jordan and Jody Turner, I mean, these characters are just kind of thin. You know, there's nothing really that you remember them by. Like, Jamie Bell, like, I mean, he's a guy that kind of that tags along with John Kelly, and he's a CIA analyst, but he doesn't really get much much time to do anything. Guy Pierce and all the other characters that are involved with this plot. And there's a scene, like, towards right before we get to the middle of the film where Michael B. George, John Kelly, where he crashes into this car at the airport, <laughs> he takes out a gas, a, a jug of gasoline, a big jug is washing it right all over the cars. He lights the car on fire. And then he simply walks through fire, gets into a burning car and interrogates a guy. <laughs> and at first I was afraid. Cause I thought, okay, is this unbelievable level? Is this going to be like, part of the film are we going to get more escalating like moments of this kind of flavor and thankfully that was the only instance i saw where this film was kind of going into the unbelievable territory but it really struck me wrong and i was going to ask you like in the books like john kelly is he like this superheroic guy who can just walk through fire no (laughs) no 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 that was that was i heard people talk about that scene because it's in the trailer so it's not a spoiler we won't call it that um, because it is in the trailer and I hadn't seen trailers for this, thankfully. And that was a good thing. I think walking into this because I roll my eyes a little bit at it, it makes sense. It, it is a way of expressing his dedication. Uh, yeah. His mindset at the time, mm-hmm. his absolute fury and determination to get revenge. And, mm-hmm. and, and so he's going to do that at all costs. It is a pretty cool trick when you see in context of what he's doing and why he's doing that and what he's going to try and get out of that situation. But yeah, it's pretty silly when you think about it. Like realistically, it doesn't fit. It's, it's more of a grounded character normally. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel that overall with the film, like you said, it's a good starting point for what could become of this series. Cause well, I've only had seen Patriot Games. I've seen this film in the Tom Clancy universe, but I am familiar with Rainbow Six, especially on the PS2 back in the day. So I'm familiar with that game. And so I am excited for what that could become, especially if Michael B. Jordan is signing on to do more of these films. But this feels like one of these um action movies where you appreciate the good moments, but there's nothing much that's really going to attract you to want to come back and experience this again and also i'm wondering if there's a a stipulation in michael b jordan's contract in every film where he has to turn to the camera and scream or or just scream in anguish or pain at something because i seem like he's doing that in every film he does <laughs> it does it really are you talking the there's the scene where his wife's been killed specifically yes that, that stood out to me as that yeah it looked very much like a creed and a black panther and like yeah <laughs> Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's funny that that's in there. He probably does that in, uh, I would imagine he does it in Fruitvale Station. I'm not remembering, but I would, I'm guessing he probably does. Too, he, does. So. he does. Yeah. It's an interesting point. <laughs> well, I, I will echo basically everything you said. So Guy Pierce is astonishingly underused for being the, maybe tech, I mean, other than Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan is a young star, but Guy Pierce was a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so he's the second biggest name in this movie easily and his screen time is limited and it's not just the fact that his screen time is limited it's what he does in that screen time he is incredibly dull as a character and the scenes he is in is incredibly dull and, and they're very boring 
with the exception of one, and it's really, really brief and at the end. And I just didn't understand underutilizing an actor of his caliber, his charisma, his ability to like really shine. I thought you could have done more with him. Uh, gosh, there's somebody else in this, I think, though, that I missed. Uh, forgot. But anyway, uh, I was trying to think of who the other CIA guy was. Um, Jamie Bell, for me, was a big miss in this film. I'm okay with Jamie Bell by the end of this movie and where Jamie Bell might go in the story. But my biggest issue is still going to slightly be a problem, and that is he feels very much too young to be in this position he is in. He is basically like the CIA's number two, and he's like 35 years old. And so, mm-hmm. look, it's nothing against you – know, people can play older than they are, but Jamie Bell is a short man, and he does not look anything older than 35. Uh, anyway, you slice it. And so it looks like a guy who is way out of his depth and element. And in, the story doesn't seem to understand that. So it's not there's there's a story where you understand that and you tell your story with the characters being fully aware of like a guy with a little, you know, he's got this mentality of a chip on his shoulder because he's young. But they don't do that. They act mm-hmm. as if it's just this very normal thing. And it just didn't quite work for me. He, he has a very cold demeanor, his character does. Uh, and it, it was hard for me to take him seriously in this movie. And, and it was a little frustrating because I think he's better than this. And, and again, by the end, I actually think that I appreciate where his character ends up and the relationship he has to Michael B. Jordan's character of John Kelly. But... Yeah, for the majority of the film, he was kind of just eye-roll worthy for me, unfortunately. The cinematography is not great. It is mostly dark and gray urban warfare, which is fine, but it's that darkness that it, when you're already fighting in rundown, dilapidating buildings with no color, then to do everything in the dark... And your characters are special forces guys all wearing black. Like, it, it <laughs> makes it harder to follow. And then there's smoke grenades going off on top of that and mm-hmm. muzzle gunfire. There's just a lot of, I think, unnecessary action that is shot like this where it's really hard as a viewer to see what's going on. Um, I didn't think that that was done as, as well as it maybe could have been. And then there is one major special effects sequence in the middle of the film, a big tremendous like crash type moment that I thought was looked just completely cheap and silly to be honest I was not a fan of how that one looked on the screen I just don't think the story is it really kind of hurts me because I think Taylor Sheridan is such a good writer this doesn't feel like Taylor Sheridan to me there is a way to tell this story and this interesting story about Russia and America and using people as pawns and it's not nearly as interestingly told as the concept sets itself up to be in fact i think it's unnecessarily vague until way too late in the movie when you finally when the characters literally point blank tell you (laughs) because they're talking to each other and they say it they're like blah 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 they explain it in very low uh, very easy to understand terms up until that point i could see a lot of people being like i have no idea what anybody's doing and fighting for at this point other than the revenge factor but like the 
the political plot, I don't think people are going to understand until the end of the film. And, and that was a miss for me. Yeah. You just, you just echo what I was about to say. I feel that it, they only really give you and spoon feed you what exactly the film is right at the end before everything ends. And I feel like that with Taylor Sheldon, I mean, this is the guy that wrote Sicario. This is the guy that wrote Hell or High Water. So we know that this guy is a, when he's on, he's on. He can write some amazing stuff. So I'm just wondering, like, was it him working with another co-writer that may have hastened this story? Or was it something they just tried to come up with on the fly that tried to deal with something that was in current times, dealing with right now the political turmoil we have in this country right now? Like, I feel like there could have been more fleshing out of what that is and i don't know maybe if they didn't have the the time to do it maybe the studio was asking maybe amazon was asking for something different who knows it's very questionable to me how that story came out agreed agreed and ultimately it ends up being much like the last project by this director stefano solima and i believe taylor sheridan wrote the sequel there too to day of the soldado where it to me like it's not a terrible movie it's just comparing it to its predecessor of sicario it it is a very dull and it's a letdown this movie for me was way more dull and not as exciting and as intriguing as i thought it could be so those are my negatives i guess i ultimately again i i'm left in a place of excitement and so it's almost like the movie did a trick on me because i wasn't really feeling it throughout the whole thing but then by the end i was like screaming let's go and cheering because i'm excited about the future Uh, so it kind of saves its best for the last and i guess there's something positive to be said about that because it lets you go out with a smile but it doesn't also fully forgive not keeping you engaged in the hour before Uh, so you know Think of that what you will. Well, this is not coming to theaters at all, so you don't have an option on seeing it on the big screen. You can only see it on Amazon. What are you thinking? Is it worth the time to see on Amazon for people that have a subscription? Is it worth the price of a rental for those that don't? Usually for me, when we watch a film and we get on this podcast and do it, usually after I'm the credits are flowing right through the screen i know whether i can recommend it or not but this is the one of the films where i'm stuck in a purgatory i had to sleep on it to figure out whether it's like okay should i recommend this or should i not recommend it and i will say by the tiniest bit uh nose hair finish i will recommend this for somebody to pull it up on their amazon to watch it all right well hey you know a win is a win as they say (laughs) whether it's by one point or by 20 Amazon can count that, I think, as a a plus in their column. I do think it's worth it for people that are interested in it going into it. If you have knowledge of Tom Clancy's world, if you are a Rainbow Six fan, if you're a fan of Without Remorse, the book, and where that character ultimately goes, I think those people are going to enjoy this. I think some people who are just Michael B. Jordan fans and action fans will get some value out of it, but I think you're going to get – your mileage is going to vary, and I think it's going to go – just like with you and I, I'm getting more out of it, and I'm able to overlook my many flaws more because of my investment in the property as a whole, franchise-wise, of where where I want to see it. And so I think that it's going to be the same for 
most viewers, but I, I definitely would recommend it. Uh, if you've got an Amazon account, I mean, it's free, so it takes a lot for me not to recommend a free movie starring Michael B. Jordan. That would really have to bomb for me to do that. So <laughs> I definitely say watch it. Uh, it'll be streaming globally exclusively on Amazon Prime Video on April the 30th. Well, that's all for us this time on FF+. Plus. We will be back next week with several more reviews, but if you get a chance to see Without Remorse in the next several days, we would love to hear what you think about it when you do. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Film, or you can join the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group. There's a link in the show notes all the time, and you can come tell us there and discuss with other film fans. We will be back soon. Until then, keep feeling film. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter, but be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.